Since the day she gave me that coveted final rose, my wife, Trista Sutter, has made me a better person. If she can get me to know better, to do better, and to just all around be better, then I'm sure she can do it for you too. You're listening to Better Etc. with my wife and your host, Trista Sutter. Hey everybody, this is Trista, and you're listening to episode 35 of the Better Etc. podcast. So today's guest is one that I've known for a while. We've kind of crossed a lot of paths in our life. We've done a lot of very similar things, been from similar places, and I've been on his podcast a number of times. So now it's time to return the favor. Today I'm talking to Ben Higgins, who many of you, if you know me from The Bachelor, then I'm sure you know Ben. He was season 20 of The Bachelor, and he ended up engaged to Lauren Bushnell, who is now Lauren Lane. And now he is engaged to Jessica Clark. He lives in Denver, but he grew up in Indiana. I was born in Indiana. We both went to Indiana University. Go Hoosiers. We were both on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette (laughs) because he started his journey in The Bachelor franchise on Gosh, was it Caitlin's? It was Caitlin's season of The Bachelorette, I believe, and then went on to be The Bachelor himself. He now does, well, at least pre-COVID, before they got shot down, he did Bachelor Live on stage with Becca. Love you, Becca. And he just wrote a book that I really wanted to talk to him about. It's called Alone in Plain Sight. And in the book, he discusses some struggles that he's been through. Anyway, I really wanted to talk to him about his book, Alone in Plain Sight, because I feel like it's really, really relevant right now in that a lot of us are struggling, me included. I don't think I've been very shy about expressing that. And I thought that talking through with him could be beneficial to me, you, all of us, in that we all we'll come away from this conversation knowing that we're not alone. Ben lives what a lot of people probably look to as a privileged life. And he's done a lot of great things. Not only was he, of course, part of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, and he went on to start a podcast, Almost Famous, with Ashley I. Kennedy, which is super, super popular. I mean, I think they've had over 80 million downloads, which is insane to me being a little baby in the podcast world. But he's also done a lot of really great things with heart in that he co-founded a company called Generous International. They are a for-purpose company that starts with a cup of coffee, but is dedicated to contributing profits to social issues all around the world. He also just during uh, the pandemic or during COVID, He started an IG Live series called Hope Still Wins, and he transitioned that into a podcast. And we get to talking all about that and kind of the the place we are both at now in terms of really our life and our podcast life. Uh, But he also has a seat at the board for Humanity and Hope United, which was started by one of his best friends, Riley Fuller, and is also a nonprofit working to assist underserved villages in remote parts of Honduras. So, I mean, this guy, (laughs) 
He really, truly is such a thoughtful and caring person and has had a blessed life. And he still struggles like all of us do. We're human. We have struggle. And I really, really enjoyed our conversation. It was honest. It was vulnerable. It was raw. And I'm so thankful to Ben for his time, for his vulnerability, for his thoughtfulness in making time for me, because not everyone prioritizes that. (laughs) I've asked multiple people, and Ben is always super quick with his answers to me, whether it's DM or email or text. He is just someone I look up to. And physically, I actually do look up to him, but, and I know I'm older, but I do. I look up to him. I look up to the way he has lived his life and, and the way he can be so honest and vulnerable and help us all uh, kind of find our happy in searching for his and connecting with people and sharing his story. So we all don't feel alone. So that's the conversation today. In terms of Trista's takes, I figured I would give a little more specifics in terms of what's been going on with me, considering I kind of bring it up on this podcast with Ben. Uh, we discuss how we're both kind of in this in this rut in our life in terms of our levels of happiness. And mine has nothing to do with my family life. Neither does his. He has a very happy, happy, strong relationship with his future wife, Jessica, and I have a very strong and happy relationship with my husband and my kids. And so it's not to say that any parts of that are struggling. I'm just struggling with what to do with me. You know, I started this podcast as a way to not only spread positivity and help others both feel not alone, but help to make their lives better in some small way. and. Coming up soon, I will be parting ways with my podcast network, Podcast Nation, which is extremely sad to me, but I get it. They're a small business and I'm just not hitting the numbers. And that's the God's honest truth. I am just, I'm not good enough. And like I said, I get it. They have to establish certain levels of listenership. I guess would be the word. And plain and simply, I am just not hitting that. And that's hard (laughs) because even though they are not maliciously saying this in any way, shape, or form, I truly am being told or I'm being told in a way that I'm not enough. And as I've shared with you on many podcasts that I've done, fighting that that rhetoric in my mind about not being enough is is something that is legit. I struggle with that. I struggle with not feeling worthy or enough or as good as other people. And so what I have chosen to do is we are going to be ending this first season of Better Etc. after next week. So this episode will be my 35th episode with Ben Higgins. And then the following episode will be my 36th episode with Ryan. He is going to spend a little bit more time with me talking to you all about how he's feeling 
where we are now in terms of his diagnosis, uh, treatments that are helping, all of that stuff. And that will be my final episode for season one of Better Etc. Now, whether or not I come back and do a second season is something I am contemplating. It's not at all because I don't enjoy it. This job, if you will, truly fulfills me and gives me that legacy I want to leave, gives me that future that I want to be able to grasp onto and develop so that when my kids move out and leave Ryan and I as empty nesters, that I'll have something for me and I'll have something that I feel good about and feel fulfilled through and something that gives me purpose. And this podcast gives me that purpose. It certainly, certainly does. I just need to have a little heart to heart with myself to determine whether or not I want to continue to put forth the work and dedication that I have. It is a lot of work, you know, finding guests, booking guests, recording with guests, uploading the recordings, editing recordings and recording ads. There's a lot of work that goes into this. And it's not to say that I do not appreciate it. I 100% appreciate this opportunity from the bottom, bottom of my heart because it does give me purpose. It does give me something to look forward to. And I really have looked forward to every single conversation I've had thus far, every single one. I feel really lucky to have been given this opportunity. And I just need, you know, someone recently said to me, we were talking about making life's choices. And someone said to me, when you say yes to something, that means you're saying no to something else. And so I just need to determine whether or not saying yes to better, et cetera, on the podcast and continuing it. And, and also the social media, I've been so bad at the social media. I try my hardest, but I just, there are times when I just, I, well, most of the time I can't keep up and I have had such good intentions of creating this great community through Facebook and through my better, et cetera, Instagram page and posting on there all the time. I just feel overwhelmed a lot and I just don't feel like I can get to it. And I want to do a good job. You know, when I commit to something, I am dedicated to that. And I want to make the people involved proud. I want to make all of you proud. And if I can't give it my all, if I can't give it 100%, should I continue it? Now, I'm not saying I'm not going to. And I get the emails and the DMs for people who have listened and who are grateful for me interviewing a certain person or sharing my own personal story. And so I know that this is touching people out there and helping them to live a more positive, happier, healthier life. I know that. And that's the part that is pointing me into the direction of continuing with the podcast. But because it's a lot of work, I just have to make sure that in saying yes to this, I'm I'm not saying no to my children, to my family, to the time that my family needs in this season of my life, which is kind of what Ben and I talked about. So anyway, that's where I am now. I am going to be taking 
after Ryan's episode next week, I am going to be hopefully heading home to the Midwest to visit my parents, uh, my mom in Indiana and my dad in St. Louis and my stepmom and my stepsister and my step, my half sister and all kinds of family. And during that time, I'm just going to use it to, to figure out what I'm going to do and if I'm going to take more time uh, or if I just get back into season two. So I will keep you all posted. I promise. In the meantime, I really hope that you continue listening to this really honest and heartfelt conversation between Ben and I. He's kind of at a crossroads right now and shared what I don't think he shared to date and that he's kind of had recently had a breakdown and he's trying to figure out what to do with his life moving forward. Not in terms of his marital relationship or his soon-to-be marital relationship, that is a very solid one. But as you'll hear, just some struggles that he's been through. So once again, I say thank you to Ben. And once again, I ask all of you to go to wherever you're listening to your podcast, click follow or subscribe so that you don't miss out and download each episode when, when you get that episode, pretty please. And please if you would consider sharing this with friends, family, strangers on the street, <laughs> whomever, as of course, we would love to grow the audience. And that would, of course, help in keeping the podcast going. So thank you all for listening. And now all about our incredible sponsors. Hi, Ben Higgins. How are you? <laughs> I'm fantastic. I'm happy to be here. That's I, what I, am. I am so happy to have you. And I know that people won't understand this because when it airs, but I get to talk to you twice today. <laughs> really, really special here and almost famous. But I feel like this two completely different conversations. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. And it's funny that you bring this up because in doing my prep work, I was listening to your interview with Ian Morgan Cron, who you introduced me to, to have on my podcast. And you were talking about your number, which is an Enneagram four. If, if that's another language to some people, then you just need to look up Enneagram or go listen to my podcast, Ian Morgan Cron, or listen to his podcast, Typology. And you were talking about how during Almost Famous, when you have interviews, a lot of the time, like they kind of make fun of you for wanting to go deep with yeah. your guests and get into like deeper conversations and really talk about like their struggles and, uh -huh. you know, how they can better themselves. And when you were talking about that, I feel like we're very much on the same wavelength about that because, and same thing with the book. In your book, Alone in Plain Sight, you have said, that the Bachelor stuff you weren't really drawn to. Yeah. And you kind of hid a little bit in the beginning. And you wanted to write the book like you could very easily have written a tell-all. Same with me. I could have very easily written a tell-all when I wrote my book about gratitude. And you chose to go deeper and talk about the true you, which I really appreciate. And also, you know, you're starting this Hope Still Wins podcast and the IG Lives. Or is it a podcast? Is it going to be a podcast? 
it just transferred over to be a podcast. So it was an IG live for a year. And then uh, a month, we're four, four weeks in now. So yeah, a month ago, we transferred a podcast just to try to make it a little more like platform agnostic. Got it. Okay, cool. But I feel like we're very similar in that you could totally have gone the Bachelor Tell All book. Mm -hmm. And there are plenty of people who have done that. And you do have the Almost Famous podcast and you talk the whole Bachelor scene and pop culture and celebrity life and all of that. But what you're trying to do more. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do with this podcast is focus on I don't know, helping people live better lives through the connections that I'm able to secure. So I really appreciate that about you. I, I will just say straightforward. I, I love that you're not just focusing on the bachelor life, which is really easy for a lot of us in the bachelor world to do. Uh-huh. You're actually looking for more purpose in life. Is that does that kind of speak to who you are and what you're trying to do? It does. I think there's there's a couple things that I would add to that too. Be I can't help myself in the way, and and I I think I explained this on Ian's, and and I, and I don't know if I did a good job at it, but I don't run away from the Bachelor because uh, I'm not proud of it. Like right. it's one of the best things that ever happened to me. Same. It might be uh, outside of my you know my romantic connections and my personal connections with friends, like it might be the best thing that ever happened to me, but there's a legacy piece of that. And there's also a purpose piece of that. Like the bachelor was never my purpose Mm -hmm. or, or if it was for a season of life, uh, I don't know how to make it my purpose now. You know, it's not, I don't know what to do with it anymore. Uh, It's not really a piece of me anymore. I can talk about it. I can share my experience about it, but ultimately I was just uh, telling uh, Justice the other day, I was like, I, I feel like my only role in The Bachelor now is to be there for the contestants that want me to be there for them. Mm-hmm. If they don't want me to be there for them, then fine. You know, I, I can't force them. Right. <laughs> but like, I know how weird it is and I know how hard it is. And I know how how good it feels when fame is just being poured all over you. And then I also know how hard it feels when that's ripped away from you and people move on and a new generation comes up through and you don't even understand them anymore. You don't even get what they're doing anymore. I get that. And I, and so like my only role anymore is to be there. And, uh, and so I think that's part of why I'm doing this too, is the more I started to see, okay, the only role I have in this whole franchise anymore is to be there for the people that are coming about through it. Then also, if I expand that, my only role in life is to now use the platform that was given to me from the show mm-hmm. to try to be a connecting point for everybody else that maybe hasn't even been on the show. Uh, because I think I've been able to see and learn some nuggets in my life of what it means to have fleeting and short-lived fame for no purpose other than the fact that I really was asked to be on a dating show. Right. And I know what it feels like to have that fame and then also know how unfulfilling it is. And so with the book and, and with Hope Still Wins, uh, I guess now I see my a really cool opportunity to share lessons that I've learned and hopefully hear from a lot of cool people in the process. Love it. Yeah, I, I a lot of that resonates with me, obviously. I've seen lots of generations that go, go through the show. <laughs> yeah. And to be quite honest, lately have felt like kind of like an old washed up bachelorette. Like I call myself the OG, but that's... I. Actually, in the trailer, I think for this, I called myself the OG, but the old gal. Just I joke about it, but you know, there's a part of me that definitely believes because let's be honest, I'm almost 50 years old, and most of the people on the show are in their 20s, if not early 30s. So 
So it's definitely something that I completely resonate with in terms of wanting to be there for the people and offer their support and offer my experience if I can be of any help at all. But now in this stage of life, I really just want to do something that gives me fulfillment and helps my family life, obviously, but gives me purpose, like a day-to-day thing. And we talked a little bit about this before we got started in that in this, I feel like, and I think this is a very common thing right now with COVID. A lot of people, I feel like, are just feeling the blues. And, mm. and maybe beforehand, but a little bit after, I most definitely was feeling it. And I know from your book and just the interviews that you've done about the book that you've been through the blues, the whatever mm. you want to call it, depression. Can you tell me about some of those struggles for the people who haven't read the book yet. Uh, Mm -hmm. And you can get it probably anywhere you get books. I'm sure you Mm -hmm. can. But can you talk to us about uh, those struggles in your life and, and those, those, those difficult moments? To touch on a little bit. So in Enneagram four, you mentioned it. Yes. And the only reason I bring this up is because even if you know nothing about the Enneagram, it's been really healthy for me because as I took the, the test and found out I'm an Enneagram four, Really, when Enneagram fours are at our worst or maybe most consistent, it's we feel like the outsider. We feel like the weirdo because we kind of are mm-hmm. like we're the least we're the most rare group. Uh, we desire like we feel our best in very authentic moments and we have a hard time accepting moments that are inauthentic. Well, that make you know, that sounds like I'm kind of like somehow giving myself a compliment. At least it does to me. But all, actually, if you dig beneath that a little bit. What it means is like we struggle often because we criticize often. We don't Mm. see things as authentic easily. Mm -hmm. So I don't say, oh, we only want like real genuine moments. And that's a great thing. No, it's we uh, we become very critical of most moments because we're looking too deeply into them. And uh, and so that that makes a little more sense as I explain this. I've struggled a lot in my life with feeling like the outsider. And I write about that in Alone in Plain Sight. And it's really the reason that book came about is because the more I shared that, the more people reached out and said, hey, me too. And I thought, okay, I have a story here. Or maybe even if my story doesn't fulfill all the things that I think people need to hear, I have people in my life that I've talked to uh, who feel like outsiders, who have a short story that can really relate with the masses. And so I've interviewed those people and uh, Alone in Plain Sight became a compilation of my story along with a few people I know. And, and the whole purpose of the book is to help people feel less alone. Yeah. Well, in the midst of all that, my life story is, is interesting to me. It's funny. It's, it goes from me being at my lowest point in life, um, not even for any great reason. I had a good job, a fine job, I guess I should say. I was living in Denver, Colorado, one of the best places on earth. Yeah. Um, I was making a living. I was uh, I had good friendships, but yet I felt so much like the outside personally. And so then the show happens and the show, you know, I said it earlier, it might be one of the best things that ever happened to me. The show happens. And all of a sudden I go from feeling like I'm the outsider to over a period of time, having enough people tell me that I, that I'm, you know, awesome uh, <laughs> to start feeling pretty good about it. And I start building that identity around it. Mm-hmm. I started to really feel like, oh my gosh, this is the thing I was needing to fill me. This is the thing that will change the rest of my life. I'll be in the in-group forever now. 
and I lived in that identity for a bit. And then uh, over time again, the uh, infatuation with fame and the lustfulness uh, for, towards fame started to fade. And I started to try to reach to stay relevant and reach to keep in the headlines and reach to, to have a place in this world. And the more I did that, the more I lost myself. Mm-hmm. And the more of myself, I, I started to not understand and the more I was living, not just for other people, but just for other people's attention, mm. not even to like have a connection with them. And I'm sitting in a sense now where I kind of, for lack of a better term, divorce myself from that pursuit right before COVID happened. Mm-hmm. COVID happens and everything gets quiet. And if I'm honest, it was one of the, the selfishly, one of the, the most unhealthy and best times for me because I saw everybody else around me slow down also. Mm-hmm. And I saw everybody else around me not have a new gig or a new hosting opportunity or a new partnership or a new podcast or whatever it was. And I was like, oh, we're all, okay, I'm right back to where everybody else is. Yeah. And to, to finish up this thought, what I recognized then is I was measuring myself on everybody else still more than I knew. I wasn't celebrating in their joys and successes. And I wasn't also mourning with their their hurts and struggles. I instead was just selfishly measuring up to whatever I thought I could be doing that they were doing. And now, and, and this is a big reason it's, where I, it's a cool opportunity that I haven't really gotten to speak about is I am back in Indiana right now because of a breakdown again in my life where I'm going, I don't know what's happening. Like, I don't know what this next season of life looks like for me. I'm farther and farther removed from the show. And then at the same time, uh, I need to figure out what my life's going to look like and what my legacy is going to be. And so it's a really exciting season. Mm-hmm. These seasons aren't unfamiliar to me, but it's also really hard because I'm, I'm at a low place. I'm not, I don't see myself as this thriving figure right now. I'm, I'm kind of lamenting and, and separating myself from a lot of things that I've held close. Uh, you make me want to cry because you're, you're, I'm trying to not just because I, I I don't want to make it about my emotion, but so much of what you're saying is how I've been feeling. And, you know, I feel like pretty much everyone these days, especially because of social media, we do the comparisons like all freaking day long. When you're scrolling, you're like, great, they live a great life and they're going to these awesome places and they have a promotion and they're having a new kid and all the things, you know, and the comparisons are really, really hard to handle these days. But in terms of being a popular figure on a reality show where millions of people wanted to hear what you wanted to say and were fully invested in your story and rooting you on and being like a friend from afar in a way. You're coming into their living room and they feel connected to you. I feel that so, so much lately. And I don't know if it's because of COVID. I don't know if it's because, like, actually, I recently on my last podcast, I do this thing called Trista's Takes in the beginning of every podcast. And I talked about how I started taking this medication called amitriptyline for migraines. And we went to Charleston um, like a month ago and I wasn't taking it. And then when I got back home, I was feeling really down. And some things had happened in my life. I shared with you prior to feelings of not being worthy enough. I'm not enough. I'm literally being told by people that I'm not enough. And then seeing like the successes and the celebrations of fellow people who have been in this same role 
has been really difficult for me in this stage in my life. So gosh, maybe Ben, I don't know, maybe we should like start this like Bachelors Anonymous and like all of us get together (laughs) and and share. (laughs) I don't know. It's really interesting to me that you're feeling exactly the same way that I'm feeling. And we we are obviously in two different seasons of life. I am have been married for a while, have kids. You're about to get married and we're, you know, different age groups. But a lot of this stuff resonates with me. It's really interesting to me, the comparison stuff. Do you think that you would feel the same way if social media wasn't around? No, uh, I think that has a huge piece in it. And I, and I, but I don't want to say it's the ultimate. No, of course not. Yeah. Element, right. But I, it has a huge piece in it because uh, what it does do is it gives uh, in, a, in a lot of ways, it gives like a data uh-huh. to how followed likable we are, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not just a, an emotional assumption. It's not just our minds playing tricks on us. Sometimes like there's data to back it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, when there's data to back it up now, it gets really hard because it, in a sense, we have to accept it as truth. Yeah. You know, it's one of the the best examples for me is uh, I was coming out of COVID and, and released this book and I was with my family. I wanted to be around my family and Jessica for the release of the book. And I was so excited. I worked on it for two years. And this yeah. day, it was the day before the release. And my my family is doing this incredible thing where they're planning this party for me. And I said, I don't want it. Aww. And I don't want it because I'm scared. Because I know it's not going to fulfill the expectations that we all have. And that's sad because the data was taking the joy away from me. Yeah. And ultimately. I had to ask myself the question, like, why did you write this book in the first place? Is it to sell a bajillion copies or was it to try to do something that mattered to at least one other human on this earth? And that was the reason I did it. Like, the, that was the, the purpose of this. But ultimately behind, maybe I even I couldn't have admitted it for two years, but the behind the scenes of it all was I'm doing it to to help somebody. But I'm also doing it because I believe this could be the thing I need to secure in my ego that I still matter. And the book was fine. Like the the worst part about the book was it sold fine. It didn't do great. And it didn't do bad. It was like right in the middle. Um, And so like, I kind of feel right in the middle, right? I just feel like, do I have something to like celebrate? I don't know why, why if I lost or, or what does it mean for me to lose the ability to celebrate the thing, the accomplishments and life that maybe aren't secured by data, but they're huge accomplishments. Like they're huge deals. They're things I could always dream of. You know, I'm getting married and I'm so excited to get married. Uh, and I guess there's not really data to back up like if the marriage was successful or not, if, if, unless, you know, we don't stay together, which I <laughs> fully plan on. Yes, of um, course. <laughs> but like, I'm not good at experiencing joy right now. And mm-hmm. I'm not good at celebrating things. And I'm not good at fe- feeling it. And I think a lot of it is my ego is playing tricks on me. Uh, and I need to, to rip away from it. You know, it's interesting, Trista, like, you know, yeah, you uh, are the original Bachelorette and uh, you're in a season of life that's different than mine. And, and I wasn't too far removed, but pretty far removed now from the show. And the weird thing is I'm 32 years old. Like there's people on the show that are older than me still going on, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm watching them get off of it and I'm seeing them transfer into the season of life post show and I'm envious. Yeah. You know, I am. I'm, I'm like, this is such an exciting time and it feels so good. But 
what I would tell any bachelor coming through now is, is as well as like, Hey, enjoy that season, but no, it doesn't last. Yeah. And, uh, and one of the hardest things for me right now is to know that this is not going to last and that nor do I necessarily want it to, I don't want my legacy to be this forever, Yeah, right. but, but it's hard. And so, yes, to answer your question, I'm feeling similar, but there's a good thing to it. Like I said, any time of pain and confusion and of kind of like the liminal space, like in being in limbo, Mm -hmm. I always come out of it learning something, even if it's not as exciting, it's more fulfilling. Yes. Right. And I know that will happen. I don't know when. And also what it typically does is it helps me become more empathetic towards others who are show or not life brings about these seasons for everybody. And I'm more empathetic for those seasons of life where other people can look at me and be like, quite honest. And when they're honest, which doesn't happen all the time, yeah. but when they say, yeah, right now is just not a great season. Like yeah. I'm not thriving emotionally, mentally, physically. I'm just, I'm off and I'll get it now. Yeah. I think you've mentioned this either in the book or on typology or another interview, but you don't want people to feel bad for you. And I feel the same way. You know, we've got first world problems, right? We we've got great lives. You've got a beautiful woman that you're about to start a future with or continue a future with. You've got a loving family who's always been there to support you. We've got great lives. You just bought a home. For all intents and purposes, we're living the dream, right? We've, yep. We were on a reality show where um, we found love and, you know, unfortunately it didn't work out for you, but then you found love again. And so did I. And so we have these beautiful lives. But I, I think that a lot of people out there can relate to the fact that even if you have a great life, you're living the dream mm-hmm. from the outside looking in, that there are still moments where you can be human. You can have the blues. You can question your future, whether you're doing things right. You can question your purpose. And that's what I'm doing now too. You know, with my book, it wasn't a bestseller and it didn't like sell zero copies. So it was right in the middle too. And the same thing. I literally, I remember thinking this last week because I'm questioning whether or not to continue the podcast. I'm going to be taking a break here soon. And I hate that because I started it because I love it. I really do. I love the connections. I love the conversations. I love giving people nuggets of wisdom to help them and to help me. Selfishly, I love it too, because it truly does help me. And I thought to myself, Trista, if you've helped just one person Mm -hmm. be happier today or yesterday or last week or last month or whenever, then focus on that. But it is so hard these days. To focus on that just one bit when the analytics are telling you that you're not good enough. And and I hate that for us. I hate that for everybody. How can we get past that? What has helped you to get past those those thoughts? Well, maybe the question that I've been asking is, I don't know if I can get past that. But what I can do is lean into the the truth of it, Mm -hmm. which is... I think something when it comes to any project I'm working on or when it comes to uh, any of the work we do with uh, Generous, which is a coffee company that I I started and I work full time for, is let's lean into the truth of the moment. Because maybe right now, more than ever, we just need truth. Maybe people just need me 
to be that the the person to say, hey, right now I'm I'm learning also because yeah, I, from the outside it looks great and it is like I'm very happy. I I can't say I'm necessarily fulfilled, but I'm very happy and mm-hmm. I have a tremendous fiance who that side of my life is like incredible. But there's still that personal piece where it's like, what does life look like for me and Jessica and I story long term and and maybe right now it's leaning into the, the truth of the moment because there's a, there's a period of time in my life where the truth of the moment was that I felt great and wrongfully so. My head got massive and the bachelor fame was just all consuming. And then even past that, I would get off the show and it felt like anything I wanted to get involved in, people showed up to mm-hmm. or people wanted to listen to. Uh, or let's even go before bachelor time. Like, you know, you go to college and you're fraternity king or sorority queen or whatever you're the you know the most popular kid in school whatever it is whatever season of life you're in and whatever life has brought you there's these moments that hit you and it it you're not living in the truth of the moment as much because you're just feeling the euphoric feeling of what it feels like to be accepted yeah and so now my mindset set is switching to to feeling accepted even in the times of struggle and then maybe in return being a voice that accepts others in their times of struggle because I can now relate and I can now see it. And, and it might be that, you know, a podcast ends, but it doesn't mean the story stops and it doesn't mean our impact stops. Mm. And maybe for somebody listening, maybe it means that the job that you thought you're going to get the promotion that you work at forever ends, um, especially right now in, in our climate and what the market looks like for workers coming, coming forward. But like, it doesn't mean that your story ends. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the message I want to keep shouting to myself and from the mountaintops to others is we're human. We still have breath and our stories still continue. It just might not look and feel like we thought it would. Exactly. Yes. Are there any other things? I know you've talked about counseling. You you talked about before we got started how you went to Indiana to just kind of clear your head and take mm-hmm. some walks and be with your people and be in your hometown. Are there any other tools or things that you do to help get through those those difficult times besides just the overall generalization that, you know, we need to focus on the purpose? Yeah, I'm kind of uh, somebody that throws all things recommended to me uh, onto the table and says, okay, what's working? I'm back in Indiana to take some nice dirt road drives Mm -hmm. to see some farmland uh, to smell manure being spread. Um, <laughs> that's eat, eat some fried food, which, mm-hmm. you know, nobody eats fried food better. Well, in the Midwest and in the South, um, yep. Yep. We, we, it's everywhere. Uh, yeah. So th- that's going to help. I, I may, maybe, I don't know. Um, but I think something that everybody can do, even if you don't want to take a, uh, a sabbatical to Indiana, uh, would be, you know, for me, you know, meditation is huge. Like mm. allowing myself to sit in quiet and let the thoughts and the feelings, uh, because no, at that point, there's no pride in the game. Like I'm just being honest with myself. And so I allow moments to be honest with myself and say, what is it that I'm truly feeling? Are the things that you're saying out loud really how you feel? Or is there something more? Yeah. Is there something else that's caused this? Uh, and then I write those thoughts down uh, in a journal, which is where Alone in Place I came from actually was that same piece of writing, which is where I was just able to be honest with myself and then close the book when uh, I was done. And then at some point in my life, I became comfortable enough with those 
emotions that I was able to write about it. Mm -hmm. So I, I journal, uh, I meditate a lot. I pray a lot right now. My prayer for God is God allowed me to be an incredible husband. Um, that's something that I'm praying daily, but then behind that it's, it's God help me in this space. Cause I don't know what the prayer is. I don't know even know what I'm asking for necessarily. Yeah, right. It's just like, God help me in this season of life that I'm in. So meditation, journal, prayer. Uh, and then now I'm kind of after a few months of feeling this, I'm now going to start talking about it. Uh, and that usually helps because I guarantee you I'll get at least one message from somebody that will say, Hey, I'm feeling the same way. Or I'll be able to talk to somebody like you who can say, who tells me, Hey, I'm in this season of life also. And you know, for me and you, we come from a similar background and in a lot of ways, and I can relate. I'm going to leave this podcast knowing that I'm not alone. You aren't. With somebody that who has lived a similar life in a lot of ways that I have. And yes, different seasons now, but you get it. And so now I can start talking about it and hoping that other people either feel that way or if not, they don't feel that way at all. They can tell me how great their lives are and I can hear it and maybe celebrate a little bit with them. Mm -hmm. But the vulnerability piece is something that I'm, I'm starting to enter into and that's always helped me heal as I speak about it openly. Yeah, I think it, it should, you know, I, I had another Ben on my podcast, Ben Nimpton. Have you met him? I have not. He was on a show called The Bucket List on MTV a, a while ago, and he actually was kind of similar story, really depressed in high school, and he didn't share it for a really long time. And then once he started sharing it, he realized that in sharing was connection and and helping other people feel not alone. I love what both of you are saying in that connection to me is what makes life worthwhile. You know, it's the it's the good stuff. And probably why I was drawn to this podcast, but it's the good stuff. It's the it's the connecting and feeling like you have people. But he he said the same thing. You connect and then you open those doors. You open the pathway to be able to share with someone who has experienced the same. And then they can share maybe things that have helped them. You can share things that have helped you. And hopefully you can help to make each other better. And I know it's hard. I know you do a really good job of this. I feel like when people write you messages, I know you told a couple stories in your book about how people reached out to you and asked you to do certain things. And you were like, yes, I'm there. And you try to do that whenever you're able. And I feel that the same way. But I would assume that you probably get a lot of DMs of people who are struggling. And for those people out there, know that you aren't alone and mm. and do what you can do. And and I want to say to you, I am here for you. If you ever need to like say, Trista, I'm really feeling down. Are you feeling the same way? Do you do you feel me? Do you see me? Do you hear me? Because I, I hear you. I hear mm. you. And I think that's what a lot of people need to hear is that they feel seen, that they feel heard, that they are not alone. And I know you are. You always have been. In fact, I, I found out, in your, like you said, you're, you're on Almost Famous, uh, which is my podcast. And I found out recently that the Bachelorette community has a text thread that every Bachelorette is on. And it's like secretly one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard uh, because <laughs> the, the Bachelor dudes do not do that. And if we did try it, my assumption, and I'll probably get in trouble for saying this, my assumption is it would maybe last two weeks. Right. And then like... 
fizzle out and never be a thing again, nor do I think all of the bachelors would even agree to be on it, but it's an incredible resource. And what I, behind all of it, what, what that text thread is, it's, it's a sense of community for all of you to feel accepted into a group and then also be uh, held accountable by the group, also supported by the group and loved on by the group, which is something sacred, which is something incredibly special. And I, I think for me in my life, that that is a comp like what you got what you all are doing there is is something that's transferable to any season of life that we're in because as you just said like hey if i'm struggling you're there to hear and that that's uh an incredible offering but it's also building a sense of community to where i feel accepted known seen and also that i don't have to come into our our conversations with a facade yeah. acting like i'm something different and I think that's what that text thread does. There's a there's a piece of nugget here that I want to share with you, and this might come off awful to the listeners. And if if it does, I encourage you just to research it. Richard Rohr is a guy that I read uh, often, and he has five essential truths for life mm. um, that he's broken down. He's in his 80s now, so give or take whatever, you can at least listen to a guy in his 80s. I think he might know something. Something, and yes, agreed. Here are the five essential truths for life. I'm writing that I've them been down. Meditating on <laughs> number one. Life is hard. Number two, you are not that important. True. <laughs> Number three, your life is not about you. Mm. Number four. We could do a whole podcast about that one. <laughs> right? Number four, you are not in control. Right. And number five, you are going to die. Yep. But these five essential truths have done for me is they've humbly brought me to the table of life and said, Ben, you have a lot of ego that you need to strip away from, that you're building your identity upon. Uh, and in the process, you're forgetting others as you walk forward. And what these truths aren't saying is like that joy isn't offered to the individual human or that you uh, shouldn't pursue passions and purpose and creativity. It's, it's probably actually saying the opposite, but just know within those moments that you are not control of the outcome, that you are only here for the craft of creating, of building, of communicating, of sharing, of loving, of connecting. And at the end of it all, none of us are that important. You know, name the most famous person from 150 years ago, even 100 years ago, and we'd have a hard time doing it. Yeah. The, the pursuit of the success of it doesn't build a legacy. It's the way we connect and we build as we're here. So those are things that that's something that's washing over me. And yeah, you don't read them during a day and you ever walk away from me like, oh yeah, that feels great now. Right. Um, <laughs> but what it does do is it, it builds perspective. And if we all have those five essential truths to our life, to our breath, mm -hmm. if everybody can relate on those things, then it changes the way we pursue our passions and others. Okay. So what I'm going to do is flip that on you. So I know you're having a hard time right now and you're in Indiana to kind of do the work. So yeah. I'm going to have you listen back to this podcast. You're recording it right <laughs> now. You're going to listen to your own words. Yeah. And, and I hope that those words are something that helps somebody out there, you know, deal with a, a difficult time or just hold on to, write them down and be able to, to look back on when they do have a, a difficult season in life. So thank you for that. I will do that. Um, but I'm also a lot better at sharing advice than I am taking. Mm, aren't we all? Aren't we all? Yeah. So. <laughs> 
can't <laughs> promise that it stinks. At least I feel that way too, especially when I'm in these these downshifts, these downtimes. And I wonder if part of it is for people out there, and I really didn't say what the Enneagram is, but it's a personality test, mm -hmm. personality profile that kind of tells you who you are at the core. And you can do a lot of digging into it. It, can, it takes years and years and years to fully, I think, grasp it. And I think even the experts have, that have worked on it for years and years and years don't think that they're experts because they could continue to work on it. But that's something that I think that people should look into because it really teaches you a lot about who you are. But I wonder if there's something to the Enneagram, but also to like our mental state. And I know that you grew up with such a loving family and I would assume didn't have like like homeless struggles and, you know, those kind mm -hmm. of things. So you had all the, the foundation of building a happy life. And I just wonder if there's like a part in there that has to deal with like me too. My mom struggled with depression. And I wonder if there's that chemical inside of me that I just need a little extra help. You know, mm. sometimes I need a little extra help. I need that amitriptyline that I was prescribed for migraines, but I think is truly helping me because it's also an antidepressant. And the doctor didn't give it to me for that purpose, but I'm realizing that I think it's helping me for um, for these, these moments in time in life when I do feel depressed. So I wonder if there's something to that, that maybe just talking to, and I know that you've, you've said in the past that you've talked to counselors and, and oh, you're yeah. doing all the right things, but, and I don't know, have you, you haven't ever been diagnosed, right? With depression. You've just felt no, it. I have. You have. No, I have one. Uh, in 2013, I was diagnosed and put on medication. You were. Um, yeah. And uh, for about a year, uh, I was on medication. And then I stopped. And why did you stop? Mostly the medication was making me super tired. Oh, my gosh. That's what mine does. I have to take yeah. it really early in the and, night. Yeah, I, I hear that. And I wasn't. And I wasn't. I guess even when I was two, what, 2013 was eight years ago, I was 24. I wasn't, um, I guess, mature enough or uh, secured enough in my finances to go, I'm going to go research and find what medication works for me. I mm. more or less just said, I'm done with this. This stuff makes me feel tired yeah. and honestly worse. So I stopped and good or bad or indifferent. I, I don't know if that's the, it was just what I did, yeah. um, but I was. And to, to kind of compound what you're saying too, is you're right. Like I, my family, uh, uh, fought hard um, to bring me up in a life that was comfortable. Mm -hmm. But there's a unique thing I'm learning too, is uh, find me somebody who is experiencing true joy, true connection, and true love, who has not suffered. Right. Uh, I think suffering brings about um, a perspective that uh, celebrates joy in a different way. And I'm not saying that I don't, I, I, I can, but I haven't you know, I'm still building my, my grit compass. Like I'm still building my toughness. I'm still building my emotional resilience. Mm -hmm. And so some of that too, is just the fact that like, as life throws about, like life is hard. Truth number one to that. And yeah. as life gets harder and it gets more confusing and I'm starting to intern this season, where I'm going to be a husband and I'm going to, you know, hopefully God willing, bring kids into this world. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got to start looking at what that looks like. Like it's no longer about me. I have been able to fake it, to hide it, that it's been about me for years of my life. I can't hide it once that happens. True, like I'm yeah. about to 
go into a role of support, but also one that I'm, it's my story is not ending by any means, it's not ending when mm-hmm. that happens. It's just changing a little bit. And then, then as I, as I kind of said, like these seasons of, of difficulty, I learn a ton from them. I've never came out of these seasons if they've lasted years or if they've lasted months, weeks, whatever it has been and gone, uh, oh, wow, that season was worth like just a waste. Right. No, it's, it's all, there's always a humility that's picked up, an, an empathy, a joy, a perspective and understanding that's picked up during these seasons that I might not even recognize until after the fact. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you're right. And kind of going back to you, you're better at giving advice or sharing than, than listening or taking your own advice to heart. I've had so many life coaches on here talking about how to be happier and how to deal with the struggles and all the things. And I, I listen to their advice and I try to take it to heart, but there's only so much you can do. And I, you know, I remember when my, when my book came out, so I wrote a book on gratitude for the people out there who don't know, um, a long time ago, but Alon Gale, he's also struggled with depression, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, openly. But I feel like I remember him posting something about how gratitude isn't going to help you if you're depressed. Mm. You know, the, the little things, the things that I've learned, like talking to yourself like your best friend. That's one little nugget that I've learned from what the life coaches that have been on here that totally makes sense to me. And and I should talk to my inner demons Like I talked to my best friend, like, shut up. You have no ground to be able to say that. Like you are beautiful and you are worthy and you are enough. And all, even all of these things, but without, you know, what Elon's thing was, is you can't just use those little, the meditations and the gratitude journal and looking at the bright side to get you out of a funk. Sometimes you need, you need a little bit of help. You need a little mm-hmm. chemical balancing and talking to a professional, you know, that sort of thing. So anyway, just a thought. I'm not against it at, at all. And I, like you said, I've talked to a counselor for most of my adult life now, and it's been absolutely incredible. I highly recommend it. I highly recommend anybody getting help. So yeah. I think I think there's resources at play, but it also points to a bigger problem. Uh, but in a, in a way... There is no quick fix. Right. Mental health is something that's becoming more and more popular to talk about and uh, and more and more needed to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, most of us, if we're willing to admit it, have struggled with mental health in multiple ways at multiple different times in our life. And uh, and I think unlike maybe even like physically working out, if I'm overweight or if I'm out of shape. What I do is I wake up tomorrow and I say, my fix for this is going to be, I'm going to go work out. I'm going to work out every day for the next year of my life and mm-hmm. I'm going to get in shape. And I bet you'll see results. I bet you'll see the the weight, you know, if done well, slipping off and the joints starting to move better again and the lungs starting to open up a little bit. But mental health, you don't have that solution right easily in front of you right and it's a struggle and it's a pain and it's painful and it's confusing and it's disorienting and it's hopeless and you feel incredibly out of control and I don't have a response to that or a great but like that's part of the things that come to mind when you say this is yeah there's a lot of things we can pursue uh what will work and what doesn't I I don't know I don't have the answer for that but I have a a connection to those who are in it Mm -hmm. and I can say 
like, I'm sorry that you're in it. And that I know this too shall pass. I just don't know when. Yeah. Right. Well, and there's also the stigma, you know, of even admitting that we struggle with mental health because struggling Mm. with physical health is one thing. Like, Saying, oh, my gosh, I've got cellulite on my butt and, uh, you know, I am 10 pounds over what I what my goal weight is like. That's something like easily acceptable. And you can like you said, there's a fix. But there's also that stigma of even admitting, like admitting that there is even an issue, a problem and that you are facing depressive thoughts or God forbid, suicidal thoughts, uh, you know, or anything when it comes to mental health. It's just people don't as openly share because they don't want to be judged by being the weird person, you know, or I don't know. I hate that about our society. And uh, I really I know that it's changing a little bit. I I feel a change a little bit that people more so are talking about it, but I hope that that continues. My experience too is I don't share about it often because as you mentioned earlier, like I don't want people to feel bad for me. True. Exactly right. You know, like not even the, you know, they're going to do their best to like care and to, and like a lot of people's response to those things that are maybe a little more shocking or the things that we can all relate with are like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, like I, you know, Oh, poor you and all this. It's like, I don't want that at all. I won't, I would, I would rather never talk about it than have that response. Right. This is not a pity party for me. This is not a, you know, poor Ben moment. The best response that I've seen and the best thing my friends and my family have done for me and that you've done for me is saying, Hey, me too. Yeah. Or even if you can't relate and say me too, like I'm, I feel it too, is you can sit in it. And just sit there with me, like just sit in it with me, just sit alongside of me, not make me feel like there's anything more wrong to me than I already feel like there is. And then uh, not make me feel like I'm a project needing to be healed, but a person that's learning something yeah, that's growing in something that's going through something. But there, yeah, one of the reasons that I think mental health that people don't get to talk about very often, one of the biggest reasons why mental health just isn't discussed is because it's like, I have no desire for any person out there to feel bad for me. There's no reason. Like I have lived a very privileged, very like from the outside looking in, it's crazy to anybody that I'd be struggling. It's crazy to me, um, but it's true. And so I like, so take those two things as truth is it's crazy that I am, but yet I am. So what does that mean? Exactly. I'm the same. I think there's there's power in the truth and in just sitting with it and giving yourself the grace. I think grace is huge. I know you've you talked about grace in your book, but giving yourself the grace to be human and feel the things and and experience the emotion because I do truly feel like once I emote mm-hmm. then I can get past it. Then um it's it's it helps me to get through it. Uh, to mm-hmm. actually feel the feelings instead of covering them up with all the busy stuff I have to do and doing all the things during the day to get through it. If I actually just sit in my feelings and feel them, then I can move on. You know, talking to you right now and and hearing all of this, it just reminds me, you know, that there's so many people. I bet every single person listening is hearing you taking a breath at least, like there's a weight lifted. Yeah. Because there is an honesty being shared. And, and, I, and I think that's what the podcasts are all about. I do. I mean, that's why Hope Still Win started was 
uh, for the opportunity for me to learn from people that I admire and I care about and that I've looked up to, but also for the listener to walk this journey with us. Uh, and at the end of it all, to look back on it and say, take a breath and just say, hey, I'm not alone in this whole deal. Right. That we're all in this, even though somebody on, you know, on the other side of the world looks like they've got it all together. Maybe just possibly they don't. And, and, and maybe just possibly that's a, that's a freeing feeling for me to continue the race that I'm running. Yeah. Okay. So one question and wrapping up one question that I ask everybody who comes on the podcast, uh, and you can answer it however you'd like, but I feel like it's just another one of those ways to relate to my guests that I have on the show. Ben Higgins, how do you plan on being better tomorrow? I plan on being better tomorrow um, by learning a little bit more about myself and others today. That's an easy question for me to answer because Warren Buffett, uh, the philosopher, said that uh, the greatest of humans get smarter every day of their life. So they learn a little bit. Of, even if it's one thing new, they learn something new every day. And right now, because of the place in life I'm at, uh, I'm focused on learning a little bit more about myself and then also learning a little bit more about others because I follow Richard Rohr's truth where this life is not about me. So in order to get smarter emotionally tomorrow, I need to learn a little bit myself a little bit tomorrow. And that's how I'll be better. Well, I hope that that you continue to do that because I, I think that that just adds up to a beautiful life. Learning and learning and learning and uh, accepting and moving forward, especially when you have the hard times. But you do have a beautiful life and congratulations to you and Jess. I'm so happy Thank for you, you guys. And I love that you're in, in Indiana. Go Hoosiers, even though you're not right. at IU. <laughs> but I am a Hoosier. Uh, I yes, a, I know. You and I both. As yeah, am I. <laughs> the best come from IU. They'll never take that away from me. I will say the best people come from Indiana University. That's right. Damn it. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, right. that's right. Okay, so I'll be talking to you soon. But thank you, Ben. Um, How can people find you? couple ways. One is go listen to Hope Still Wins. Could be a huge gift in this season of life as we start that podcast out. You can listen to it anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Go buy Alone in Plain Sight anywhere you can get books and then listen to Almost Famous. It's another podcast. And finally, just follow me on Instagram. Higgins.Ben is probably the easiest way. True. Thank you. You're the best, Krista. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening today. I truly appreciate each and every one of you and I hope that this episode has allowed you to become a better version of yourself in some small or even a big way. Please head to wherever you listen to your podcast and click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, head on over to the ratings and give us a five-star rating. But also, if you could write a review, that would be amazing on whatever you have enjoyed listening to and what you would like to hear of more. If you enjoy these episodes, or even if you think somebody else might enjoy them, please pass it on to a friend or a family member. To find me, you can go to Instagram at Trista Sutter or Facebook at Trista Sutter Fan Page. Thank you so much again. Have a great day.